1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verse 1. Paul says, I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I didn't, I, Paul says, I'm not coming to you with my testimony, wonderful as that is, but with the very declaring to you the testimony of God. Because, for I determined not to know anything among you except, one, Jesus Christ, and two, Jesus Christ crucified. Paul said that what is most important for your life and what I want to know about you more than anything else is are you is Christ himself Christ being alive in you who and what Christ is in you and what it is that Christ has finished him crucified who and what Christ is now at the right hand of God the Father who Christ is and him crucified, what Christ has finished, what Christ has accomplished. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 17, as Jesus is right now, so are you in this world. But Paul says, I want to see the manifestation of that in your life. The word of God also says, it says in John 19 and verse 30, Jesus said it is finished. Well, what has he finished? What has he finished by his sacrifice? And whatever he has finished by his sacrifice, Paul says, I want to see that manifested in your life. That's what matters the most. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not concerned about what your background is, what your history is, because quite frankly, the blood and the body of Christ has put an end to those things. I'm not concerned about your, your education, and as wonderful as those things might be, here is my number one thing that I determined to know among you, what is the reality and the reflection of Christ being alive in you? Are you manifesting that? How much are you walking in the reality of as he is, so are you in this world? And how much are you walking in the reality of what he has finished by his sacrifice? So he says, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. All right. So, um, so let's, let, let's head out from here. Now, the issue of faith, because you are rich, you are blessed, but it takes faith to cause the manifestation of what is done in the realm of the spirit, who Christ already is, what he has finished. It's going to take faith for that to become manifest. First John 5, 4 says, this is the victory. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whosoever is born of God, as Jesus is, so is he in this world. Whosoever is born of God, all that Jesus has finished already belongs to him. But then it goes on to say, but this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It is your faith that is going to cause the victory that is already yours, all that is yours in Christ, to be made manifest and to become your experience, which those wrong about you need that testimony. They need to taste and see and the manifestation of the goodness of God in your life so that they too can come to the knowledge of God and be persuaded that Jesus is alive. Your life is to be the very demonstration and witness and proof that Jesus is alive. Amen? So let's talk about this aspect of faith in relationship to you being rich, to you being free indeed. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance to those things 
that you are hoping for that are not yet seen. Let's put it this way. Faith is the currency that you use to receive from heaven what is already yours. Faith is the currency that you use to make those withdrawals or to receive from God your father's abundant heavenly bank account so to speak faith is that currency now the simple secret of faith is this knowing what is finished knowing what is already settled in heaven the Bible says in Psalms 119 verse 89 that God's, that God's word is forever settled in heaven. Hebrews 4 verse 3 says the works of God were finished from the foundation of the world. And the secret of it is knowing what is settled in heaven, knowing what is finished. And then becoming in total agreement with what is finished, coming in total agreement with what um, is settled in heaven. That means you're thinking, you're believing, you're speaking, your attitudes, and even as much as possible, your actions are to come in agreement with what is finished and what is settled in heaven. That's the simplicity of faith. Now, Philemon verse 6 puts it this way. It says that um, the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ. Let me paraphrase it this way. Your faith will work and it will produce when you acknowledge every good thing that is already yours in Christ. When you acknowledge what is already finished. That was the very secret that caused Abraham to step out into the place where he became the father of many nations. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, God said, to, it says, let me just flip back here. God says, and it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He didn't say to Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. Nations as it is written. In the presence of whom Abraham believed. Is that Abraham was able to see through God's eyes. And believe exactly what God was saying. And recognize that God had already made him a father of many nations. God who gives life to the dead. And call those things which do not exist as though they did. God called what does not exist in the natural as it already exists in the spiritual. So God called Abraham a father of many nations. Because in the spirit he was already a father of many nations. Even though in the natural he was not. He was old and his wife was also barren. But Abraham saw what God said, saw what was finished, believed what was finished, and he claimed it, he agreed with it, and he began to declare, I'm a father of many nations. And the Bible says he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, considering not the deadness of Sarah's womb or his own body, now about a hundred years old. Amen? So what am I saying? The simplicity of faith lies in you coming in agreement with what is finished and what is already settled in heaven. Faith is also its confidence. It is confidence that God will do what he said. 
God will do what he said. That is what caused Noah to step out, to step out and begin to build an ark for, for over for what a hundred years. Why? Because he believed what God had said. God says, build an ark. There's going to be a flood. He didn't even know exactly what a flood was. Amen. So faith is having confidence, confidence that what God that God will do whatever he said. A verse of scripture comes to my mind in um, Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 11. Isaiah 46 and verse 11, where it says, Ask of me things to come concerning the work of my hands. Not that one. But um, the verse of scripture where God says that he, that he has spoken it, and he also will perform it. I have said it, God said, and I will also perform it. I will perform what I have declared. I will watch over my word to perform it. So faith is confidence that what, that what God said, he will do. Amen? And why will he do it? Because it is his will. Because it is his earnest desire. And quite often, it is the very essence of his nature. It is the very essence of his nature and it is his natural inclination. It is God's natural inclination for all your needs to be met. You see, when you recognize that the promises of God and the word of God is, is, is actually the nature of God, then it removes that element of wondering whether what God wants to do it or not. And especially when you understand grace and that your heart is established by grace and not by religion, not by the traditions of men. Not based on your own righteousness and your own goodness. When your heart is established by grace and you can recognize the nature of God as it is revealed through the word of God and the promises of God. It can bring you into a place where you're not going to waver, where you're not going to wander. Amen? Hallelujah. God watches over his word to perform it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now you see, faith is not a struggle when you know what you already have. When you know what you have already received. When you know what belongs to you. Hallelujah. So you don't have to have, you don't have to persuade God. You don't have to plead with God. You don't have to bombard the gates of heaven. You don't have to put pressure on God. No, because it is his will. It is already done. It is finished. It is his nature. It is what he yearns to do. That is why faith works by love. You see, faith, when it has the confidence of the love of God, that love of God will drive out fear, it will drive out any sense of insecurity, it will destroy condemnation, and especially when you marry that with the revelation of righteousness. Hallelujah. As if sin has never been. You are justified by the blood of Jesus. As if sin has never been. So you can have boldness and confidence, free from shame, free from insecurity, free from condemnation, free from guilt. Because you are forgiven and your sin has been removed. And God sees you in Christ. Holy, without blame, without spot, without blemish, without reproach. Hallelujah. You know. So, this issue of faith, the, 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 the struggle that sometimes we have with faith, can be is settled when you understand what you already have. When you understand what is already finished. Now we have a saying um, in the church world, which is a good one, that I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I'm called to what God says I'm called to. I have what God says I have. And that's a good saying. 
Because yes, you can do you can do what God says you can do. Because you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Philippians 4 verse 13. 13. And yes, you are who God says you are. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. You are God's hand. You are God's masterpiece. You are born of his spirit. Born of his word. Amen. Hallelujah. You are his workmanship. But what about this part? I have what God says I have. And that's where we need to focus today. Because and you need to know what it is you have. You need to know what it is you have. And that's where the major thrust and focus of this message is today. So you can know what you have. Recognize how rich, how free you are. And then endeavor to line up with that. Talk right. So that you can begin to walk out the reality of what God has already finished. And just how rich and just how blessed and just how free you are in Christ. So what do you have? But we need to know that specifically. Specifically, it's nice to know that Ephesians 1 verse 3 says you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's wonderful. That's awesome. But what are those specific blessings? What are these every spiritual blessing? What is the each and every? You need to know that. Second Peter 1 verse, verse 2 says God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. But what are those all things? Romans 8 verse 32 He that spared not his own son But offered him up as a sacrifice How shall he not with him Also freely give us All things What are those all things We need to be more specific 1 Corinthians 3 verse 21 All are yours Well what are the all What are they each of the all What is it We need to know specifically The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 That faith cometh by hearing And hearing And hearing by the word of God You need to know specifically What belongs to you And then sometimes you also need to know Where it is How to get a hold of it I mean you can have a house full And you can have all kinds of wealth And all kinds of resources And all kinds of stuff You can have different kinds of seasonings And this and that in the cupboards But you need to know what you have in those cupboards And you need to know What is in which cupboard And to be able to access what it is you need Glory to God In fact let me me jump a little bit and say That is one of the reasons why God has given us great and precious promises So that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature So that by these promises you can find out What are in all these cupboards And what all belongs to you And what all is the very nature of God that, That you are to partake of And as a result manifest his life Manifest his blessing Have the needs met Have the problem solved And so on and so forth Amen So let's be specific Let's look and pursue What are the specifics of what you have You see one of the problems um, with, with, With Christians and with believers is that quite often they don't know what they have they don't know what it is they've received and because they don't know what they've received first of all if you receive it you have it amen if you receive it you have it so but when you don't know what you have received and you don't know what you have what happens they end up be end up being anxious you end up praying wrong you end up talking wrong you end up you end up in a place of wondering is God going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Is it his will? Is it not his will? And, he, and, and, he, and then you get caught up in some of these religious sayings. You never know what God's going to do. 
Well, God has revealed what he has already done. And what he's going to do is based on what is done. You know, we have what would Jesus do? Well, what Jesus will do and what God will do is based on what Jesus has already done. But you need to know. You and I, we need to know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, what do you have? What do you have? What have you received? John chapter 1, verse 12 says, As many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In other words, when you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, when you believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and you receive him into your life as your Savior, Jesus... I believe you've been raised up from the dead. And I give my life to you. And I receive you into my heart and into my life. You are my Lord and my Savior. When you do that, John says, As many as receive Christ, to them God gives you the power to become his child. You become born again and you become his child. And he says you are now born again, not by, not by, 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 by blood. In other words, this, we're not talking about a natural birth. Nor by the will of the flesh. It's not because of your parents getting together. No, it is because, nor or the will of man. You were born again by the will of God. But when you are born again, what happened? You receive Christ. You receive Christ himself. And Romans 8 verse 32 says, He that spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So when you receive Christ, you also receive all things with him. In other words, Jesus didn't come empty-handed. Jesus came with all that he is and all that he has. In fact, all that he has belongs to you because your Bible says in Romans um, 8 and verse 17 that you are a joint heir with Christ. And then we need to find out a joint heir to what? But when you receive Christ, you have all things. You have Christ? Well, you have all things. Glory to God. And that first John 4 says, as Jesus is right now, at the right hand of the Father, as Jesus is right now in his resurrection and in his place of ascension, as Jesus is right now, so are you in this world. Amen? Now back to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2 again. So your life is really about what Christ, is about Christ and his life in you. That's what your life is all about. How much, how real, how experiential is it that of Christ being alive is the life that is in you being lived through you? And how experiential and real it is that what he has finished is what you are walking out. Christ, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Alright, so let's examine then. Let's examine uh, and let us let's reason together. Let's find out what it is that he finished. First John 3 8 says, Jesus came into the world to destroy the works of the devil, which means to undo the works of the devil. How? By his sacrifice. In other words, then Jesus going to the cross, bearing our sin, sickness, poverty, lack, curse, and being raised from the dead, him doing all of that and ascending to the Father's right hand. And sending the Holy Ghost, all of that was for the very purpose of reversing the curse. Reversing the curse that came into the human race because of Adam's, the first Adam's sin. To reverse the curse of sickness and disease. 
and sin and separation from God and poverty and lack and family dysfunction. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, For cursed is everyone that hangeth upon the tree. And Jesus came and he redeemed you from the curse of the law. Not only that, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. So right up front, we can see this. We can see that, and here's an important thing. There is so much that Jesus has redeemed us from. But remember, when you receive Christ, you receive all things. When you receive Christ, you receive everything that belongs to him. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1 and verse 7, that in him, in Christ, through the blood, you have redemption. So redemption is already yours. So whatever he redeemed you from, you have. If he redeemed you from sickness and disease, then you have freedom from sickness and disease. If he redeemed you from the curse, then you are free from the curse. Whether it be generational curse or any other kind of curse. If he redeemed you from poverty and lack, then yes, he, you have now become rich. Amen? Now these things don't automatically, aren't automatically manifested in your life because it takes faith. Amen? You are redeemed from sin. Doesn't mean you're going to live a life without sin if you don't apply your faith. And walk in righteousness. If, if you, you are being redeemed from sickness and disease, if you don't know that and you don't understand by his stripes you are healed and know how to walk in divine health and if God forbid you for any reason you are sick, you know how to receive your healing, then even though you are redeemed from it, you could still suffer underneath the weight and the affliction and the, uh, 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 of sickness and disease. But you don't have to. Because faith says you can have whatever you say. Faith says whatever is finished in heaven, whatever God has already done, and whatever is settled in heaven can be yours. And it can, can become the experience of your life. And faith will, is not only the evidence and proof of what's done, but it will bring substance to it and cause it to become a physical, material reality in your life. Hallelujah. So Christ came to undo, to reverse the works of the enemy, to reverse the curse. Glory to God. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Again, what is it? We want to know what it is we have. You need to know what you receive so that you can know what you have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let me pick it up in verse 7. It says, God has not given unto us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. Bam, right there. You have something. Here is something you have. What you don't have is a spirit of fear and a spirit of bondage again to fear. You have a spirit of adoption that says God is my father. You have a spirit of adoption that cries out to God, that calls out to God. You have a spirit of an adoption that, has, that, that is a knowing on the inside of you that you are a child of God. And you have a spirit of power. Not going to get, you have a spirit of power. Paul prayed that you might know what is the exceeding great, greatness of his power to you that believe that is according to the working of his mighty power that he demonstrated and exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Raised him all the way from hell. All that power that you would know what is that power that is inside of you. You have received not a spirit of fear, but you have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of love. And you have a sung mind. But you see, you got to claim that. 
You got to declare that. You got to agree with that. You got to think that way. You got to talk that way. You got to act like it's so. You got to have an attitude that, uh-huh, praise God, I am fearless. I am fearless because he is faithful. I am fearless because that's the kind of spirit, because I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And then it goes on to say, therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel, the afflictions, the persecutions, those things that will come along to try to, to try to, um, to, call, to, to see if you got proper roots and to try to uproot you and to try you, to get you off the word and move you into some place of being offended don't allow I mean these sufferings and these pressures that might come against you for the gospel's sake and for the word's sake deal with it according to the power of God don't back off bow down don't be ashamed don't be don't, no 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 don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord don't back down when pressure come but deal with it in the power of God you've got the spirit of power love and a sound mind you are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might you are not weak you are not flaky you are strong in the, in the Lord and you are strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus verse 9 who has saved us and called us he saved you and he called you he said things concerning you. He called you with a holy calling that was not according to our works. It wasn't according to your background, to your race, to your intelligence, to your culture, or any other such thing. But it was according to his own purpose and his own grace that was given us in Christ Jesus when? From before time began so here it is before time began God saved you God called you God gave had a purpose for your life and God supplied a grace to fulfill that purpose in Christ before the foundation of the world hallelujah and so those things that were finished the saving the calling the things he had spoken um, the purpose and the grace all of those things that were finished you need to recognize them, recognize what you have there, and believe and apply your faith and cause them to be made manifest. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, God knew what was going to happen. He knew Adam was going to sin. He knew the fall was going to take place. And he had already fixed it. That is why the Bible says Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. Amen? Anyway, so it goes on to say, and so God has called you, he has, and, and, and he saved you, and he's given you purpose and grace in Christ Jesus before time began, but it is now made, it is now revealed at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It now comes into manifestation. The moment you get born again, and the more Christ in you is unveiled, the more of that grace the more of the purposes of God the more of what God has spoken concerning you that is settled in heaven the more of all of, 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 of your salvation and your deliverances that are going to be made manifest that is the reason why the issue of Christ in you Christ in you knowing he who he is and him being unveiled Christ and him being crucified Christ as he is right now 
as you walked and received the reality that as he is, so are you, Christ in you, as that is revealed, as that is unveiled, here comes grace, here comes purpose fulfilled, here comes salvation and deliverance and redemption, here comes the call of God, the things God has spoken concerning you, those things that are forever settled in heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. All that he has redeemed you from, you have. All that Jesus did and accomplished by his sacrifice, you are, you are now total, you are the total beneficiary of that. You benefit, every benefit that comes out of Jesus' sacrifice is yours. It belongs to you. You have it. All that he finished, you have. That's why Romans 8.32 says, he that spared not. His own son talking about his sacrifice. How shall he not with him give you freely all things? Because when Christ comes, all things comes. All things that he finished is yours. All that he is right now is yours. Glory to God. So let's examine what it is that you received. What it is that you have now because of the sacrifice. Remember, we want to get the specifics. We want to know what are these every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What are these, all these other things? He shall, shall he not freely give us all these other things.